0: Hello, all my nieces and nephews, and welcome to Auntie JoJo's Library. My library is open to all listeners, but it was created for my nieces and nephews. This episode, we're going to continue to read chapters from Pippi Longstocking, so today we will be reading chapters 7, 8, and 9, and then we are going to finish up on Monday, February 28th, with the final two chapters, 10 and 11. So, let's get started. Chapter 7. Pippi goes to the circus. And we know a lot about Pippi so far. So, if she's going to the circus, this is going to be quite the adventure. A circus had come to the little town, and all the children were begging their mothers and fathers for permission to go. Of course, Tommy and Annika asked to go, too, and their kind father immediately gave them some money. Clutching it tightly in their hands, they rushed over to Pippi's. She was on the porch with her horse, braiding his tail into pigtails, into tiny pigtails, and tying each of them with red ribbon. I think it's his birthday today, she announced, so he has to be all dressed up. Pippi, said Tommy, all out of breath because they had been running so fast. Pippi, do you want to go to the circus with us? I can go with you most anywhere, answered Pippi. But whether I can go to the circus or not, I I don't know. Because I don't know what the circus is. Does it hurt? Silly, said Tommy. Of course it doesn't hurt. It's fun. Horses and clowns and pretty ladies that walk on tightrope. But it costs money," said Annika, opening up her f- small fist to see if the shiny dollar, to see if the shiny dollar and the quarters were still there. "I'm rich as a troll," said Pippi. "So I guess I can buy a circus, all right. But it'll be crowded here if I have more horses. The clowns and the pretty ladies I could keep in the laundry room, but it's hard to know what to do with the horses." "Oh, don't be so silly," said Tommy. "You don't buy a circus. It costs money to go and look at it. See." Preserve us, cried Pippi and shut her eyes tightly. It costs money to look, and here I go around googling all day long. Goodness knows how much money I've googled up already. Then, little by little, she opened one eye very carefully, and it rolled around and around in her head. Cost what it may, she said. I must take a look. At last, Tommy and Annika managed to explain to Pippi what a circus really was and she took some gold pieces out of her suitcase and then she put on her hat which was a bit which was as big as a millstone and off they went there were crowds of people outside the circus tent and a long, and a long line at the ticket window but at last it was pippi's turn she stuck her head through the window and star- and stared at the dear old lady sitting there how much does it cost to look at you pippi asked but the old lady was A foreigner who did not understand what Pippi meant and answered in broken Swedish. Little girl, it costs a dollar and a quarter in the grandstand and 75 cents on the benches and 25 cents for standing room. Now Tommy interrupted and said that Pippi wanted a 25 cent ticket. Pippi put down a gold piece and the old lady looked suspiciously at her. She bit it too to see if it was genuine. At last, she was convinced that it really was gold and gave Pippi her ticket and a great deal of change in silver. What would I do with all those nasty little white coins, asked Pippi disgustingly. Keep them and then I can look at you twice in the standing room? As Pippi absolutely refused to accept any change, the lady changed her ticket to one for the grandstand and gave Tommy and Annika grandstand tickets too without their having to pay a single penny. In that way, Pippi, Tommy, and Annika came to sit on on beautiful red chairs right next to the ring. Tommy and Annika turned around several times to wave to their schoolmates, who were sitting much further away. "'This is a remarkable place,' said Pippi, looking around in astonishment. "'But see, they've spilled sawdust all over the floor. Not that I'm over-fussy myself, but that does look a little careless to me.'" Tommy explained that all circuses had sawdust on the floor for the horses to run around in. On a platform nearby, the circus band suddenly began to play a thundering march. Pippi clapped her hands wildly and jumped up and down with delight. Does it cost money to hear two, she asked, or can you do that for nothing? At that moment, the curtain in front of the, per- of the performer's entrance was drawn aside, and the ringmaster in a black frock coat with a whip in his hand came running in, followed by ten white horses with red plumes on their heads. The ringmaster cracked his whip and all the horses galloped around the ring. Then he cracked it again and all the horses stood still with their with their front feet up on the railing around the ring. One of them had stopped directly in front of the children. Annika didn't like to have a horse so near her and drew back in her chair as far as she could. But Pippi leaned forward and looked at the horse's right foot in her hand. "'Hello there,' she said. "'My horse sent you his best wishes. "'It's his birthday today too.' But he has a bow on his tail instead of on his head. Luckily, she dropped the foot before the ringmaster cracked his whip again, because then all the horses jumped away from the railing and began to run around the ring. When the act was over, the ringmaster bowed politely and the horses ran out. In an instant, the curtain opened again for the coal black horse. On its back stood a beautiful lady dressed in green silk tights. The program said her name was Miss Carmenic sorry you guys the program said her name was miss karmacita there's like a the book that i'm reading from is a little old and so the word is kind of, like, the page is a little faded because some of the pages have tears in them and, like, marks on them or whatever. So, Carmen, Carmesita, is her name. The horse trotted around in the sawdust and Miss... Carmencita stood calmly on her back and smiled, but then something happened. Just as the horse passed Pippi's seat, something came swishing through the air, and it was none other than Pippi herself, and there she stood on the horse's back behind Miss Carmencita, and at first, they were so astonished that they nearly fell off the horse, then miss Carmencita got mad she began to strike out with her hands behind her back to make pippi jump off but that didn't work take it easy pippi said do you think you're the only one who can have fun other people have paid too haven't they then miss Carmencita tried to jump off herself but that didn't work either because pippi was holding her tightly around the waist At that, the audience couldn't help laughing. They thought it was funny to see the lovely Miss Carmesita held against her will by a little redhead youngster who stood there on the horse's back in her enormous shoes and looked as if she had never done anything except perform in the circus. But the ringmaster didn't laugh. He turned towards an attendant in a red uniform and made a sign for him to go and stop the horse. Is this act already over? asked Pippi in in a disappointing tone. Just when we were having so much fun. Horrible child, hissed the ringmaster between his teeth. Get out of here. Pippi looked at him sadly. Why are you mad at me? She asked. What's the matter? I thought we were having fun. She skipped off the horse and went back to her seat. But now two huge guards came to throw her out. They took a hold of her arm and tried to lift her. They couldn't do it. Pippi sat absolutely still and it was impossible to budge her. Although they tried as hard as they could. At last, they struck their shoulders and went off. Meanwhile, the next act had begun. It was Miss Elvira about to walk the tightrope. She wore a pink tulle skirt and carried a pink parasol in her hand. Oh, what a sentence. While with delicate little steps, she ran on her rope. She swung her leg gracefully in the air and did all sorts of tricks. It looked so pretty. She even showed how she could walk backwards on the narrow rope. But when she got back to the little platform at the end of the rope, there stood Pippi. "'What are you going to do now?' asked Pippi, "'delighted when she saw how astonished Miss Elvira looked. "'Miss Elvira said nothing at all but jumped down from the rope "'and threw her arms around the ringmaster's neck, "'for he was her father. "'And the ringmaster once more sent for the guards to throw Pippi out. "'This time he sent for five of them, "'but all the people shouted, "'Let her stay! We want to see the redhead girl!' "'And they stamped stamped their feet and clapped their hands.' Pippi ran out on the rope, and Miss Elvira's tricks were as nothing compared with Pippi's. When she got to the middle of the rope, there she stretched one leg up in the air, and her big shoe spread out like a roof over her head. She bent her foot a little so that she could tickle herself with the back of her ear. She bent her foot a little so that she could tickle herself with it back of her ear. The ringmaster was not at all pleased to have Pippi performing in the circus. He wanted to get rid of her, and so he stole up and loosened the merchant, the mechanism that held the rope taut, thinking surely Pippi would fall down. But Pippi didn't. She set the rope a-swing instead. Back and forth it swayed, and Pippi swung faster and faster, until suddenly she leaped out into the air and landed right on the ringmaster. He was so frightened, he began to run. "'Oh, what a jolly horse!' cried Pippi." But why do you have. But why don't you have any pom poms in your hair? (laughs) Now, Pippi decided it was time to go back to Tommy and Annika. She jumped off the ringmaster and went back to her seat. The next act was about to begin, but there was a brief pause because the ringmaster had to go out and get a drink of water and comb his hair. So he combs his hair and he gets something to drink, but he, in no way, shape, or form, tries to get rid of the crazy redhead child that is. Inter Interrupting these acts. I mean, honestly, you know, you just have you just have to hydrate when something completely unbelievable happens to you. Then he came in again, bowed to the audience and said, ladies and gentlemen, in a moment, you will be privileged to see the greatest marvel of all time. The strongest man in the world, the mighty Adolf whom no one has yet been able to conquer. Here he comes, ladies and gentlemen. Allow me to present to you the mighty Adolf. Okay. There's a possibility that you may already know this, but there's something called foreshadowing, and it happens in movies, and it happens in books, and it is where there is context in the book, a statement, a paragraph, a sentence, that leads you to a possible conclusion that will happen later in the book or the movie. Uh, so this is a good example. We know that Pippi is super duper strong. I mean, she can lift her horse and she's a kid. So he says that no one has yet been able to conquer this strongest man in the world. And we know Pippi's strong. So this could possibly be a foreshadowing statement letting us know That Pippi is about to prove this ringmaster wrong. And into the ring stepped the man who looked as big as a giant. He wore flesh-colored tights and had leopard skin draped around his stomach. He bowed to the audience and looked very pleased with himself. Look at these muscles, said the ringmaster, and squeezed the arms where the muscles stood out like balls under the skin. And now, ladies and gentlemen, I have a very special invitation for you. Who will challenge the mighty Adolf in a wrestling match? Which of you dares to try his strength dares to try his strength against the world's strongest man? $100 for anyone who can conquer the mighty Adolf. $100, ladies and gentlemen, think of that. Who will be the first to try? Nobody came forth. What did he say? asked Pippi. He says that nobody who can lick that big man, (laughs) he says that anybody who can lick that big man will get a hundred dollars, answered Tommy. I can, said Pippi, but I think it'll be too hard, too bad to because he looks nice. Oh no, you couldn't, said Annika. He's the strongest man in the world. Man? Yes, said Pippi, but I'm the strongest girl in the world. Remember that. Meanwhile, the mighty Adolf Yeah. Meanwhile, the mighty... Adolf was lifting heavy irons and bending thick iron rods in the middle just to show how strong he was. Oh, come on now, ladies and gentlemen, cried the ringmaster. Is there anybody here who wants a hundred dollars? Shall I really be forced to keep this to myself? And he waved a bill in the air. No, that you certainly won't be forced to do, said Pippi and stepped over the railing into the ring. The ringmaster was absolutely wild when he saw her. Get out of here, I don't want to see any more of you, he hissed. Why do you always have to be so unfriendly, said Pippi? I just want to fight with Mr. Adolf. This is no place for jokes, said the ringmaster. Get out of here before the mighty Adolf hears your nonsense. But Pippi went right to the ringleader and up to the strongest man. She looked she took his hands and shook it heartfully. Shall we fight a little, you and I? She asked. He looked at her and didn't understand a word. In one minute, I'll begin, said Pippi. And she, and begin she did. She grabbed the mighty Adolf around the waist, and before anyone knew what was happening, she had thrown him over the mat. He leaped up, his face absolutely startled. Atta girl, Pippi shrieked Tommy and Annika so loudly that all the people at the circus heard it and began to shriek. Atta girl, Pippi, the ringmaster sat on the railing, wringing his hands. He was mad, but the strongest man in the world was madder. Never in his life had he expected anything so humiliating as this. He certainly intended to show the redhead girl what kind of man he really was. He pushed at Pippi, and caught her around the waist, and Pippi stood firm as a rock. You can do better than that, she said, to encourage him. Then she wriggled out of his grasp, and in the twinkling of his eye, was on the mat again. Pippi stood beside him, waiting. She didn't have to wait long. With a roar, he was up again, rushing at her. All the people in the tent stamped their feet, and threw their hats on the ground, and shouted, Hooray, Pippi! When the mighty Adolf came rushing at her for the third time, Pippi... Lifted him high in the air with her arms straight above her, carried him clear around the ring. Then she laid him down on the mat again and held him there. Now, little fellow, she said, I don't think we'll bother about this anymore. We'll never have any more fun than we've already had. Pippi is a winner. Pippi is a winner, cried all the people. "'The world's strongest man stole out as fast as he could, "'and the ringmaster had to go up "'and hand Pippi a hundred dollars, "'although he looked as if he'd much prefer to eat her. "'Here you go, young lady, here you go,' he said, "'one hundred dollars.' "'That thing,' said Pippi scornfully, "'what would I want with that old piece of paper? "'Take it and use it to fry herring on it if you want to.' "'And she went back to her seat. "'This is certainly a long circus.' she said to Tommy and Annika. I think I'll take a little snooze, but wake me if they need my help with anything else. And then she lay back in her chair and went to sleep at once. There she lay and snored while the clowns and sword swallowers and the snake charmers did their tricks for Tommy and Annika and all the rest of the people at the circus. Just the same, I think Pippi was best of all, whispered Tommy to Annika. Chapter Eight Pippi entertains two burglars. After Pippi's performance at the circus, there was not a single person in all the little town who did not know how strong she was. There was even a piece about her in the paper. But when people who lived in other places, of course, didn't know who Pippi was. But people who lived in other places, of course, didn't know who Pippi was. One dark autumn evening, two tramps came walking down the road past Villa Vacula. They were two bad thieves wandering around the country to see what they could steal. They saw there was a light in the windows of Villa Vacula and decided to go in to ask for a sandwich. That evening, Pippi had poured out all her gold pieces on the kitchen floor and sat there counting them. To be sure, she couldn't count very well, but she did it now and then anyways just to keep everything in order. Sixty-five, sixty-six, sixty-seven, sixty-eight, sixty-nine, sixty-ten, sixty-eleven, sixty-twelve, sixty-thirteen, sixty-sixteen. Whew, it makes my throat feel like sixty. Goodness, there must be some more numbers in the arithmetic. Oh yeah, now I remember. 104, one hundred and four, one thousand. That certainly is a lot of money, said Pippi. "'There was a loud knock at the door. "'Walk in or stay out, whichever you choose,' shouted Pippi. "'I never force anyone against his will.' "'The door opened, and the two tramps came in. "'You can imagine that their eyes were wide open "'when they saw a little redhead girl "'sitting all alone on the floor counting money. "'Are you all alone at home?' they asked craftily. "'Of course not. Mr. Nielsen is at home, too.' The thieves couldn't very well know that Mr. Nielsen was a monkey sleeping in a green bed with a doll's quilt around his stomach. They thought the man of the house must be named Mr. Nielsen, and they winked at each other. We can come back a little later, is what they meant. But to Pippi, they said, we just came in to ask what your clock is. They were so excited that they had forgotten all about sandwiches. Great strong men who don't know what a clock is, said Pippi. Where in the world were you brought up? The clock is a little round thingamajig that says tick 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 and it goes and it goes but it never gets to the door do you know any more riddles out of them if you do out with them if you do said Pippi encouragingly the tramps thought Pippi was a little too was too little to tell time so without another word they went out again I don't demand that you stay thanks shouted Pippi after them "'but you could at least make an effort to say tick. "'You haven't even as much sense as a clock has, "'but by any means go in peace.' "'And Pippi went back to her counting. "'No sooner were the tramps outside "'than they began to rub their hands with delight. "'Did you see all that money? "'Heavenly day,' said one of them. "'Yes, once in a while, luck is with us,' said the other. "'All we need to do is wait until that kid "'and that Nielsen are asleep. "'Then we'll sneak in and grab that dough.' They sat down under an oak tree in the garden to wait. A drizzling rain was falling. They were very hungry, so they were quite uncomfortable, but they thought of all that money, and it kept their spirits up. From time to time, lights went out in the other houses, but in Villa Vacula they shone on. It so happened that Pippi was learning to dance, and she didn't want to go to bed until she was sure she could do it properly. At last, however, the lights went out on the windows of Villa Vacula too. The tramps waited quite a while until they were sure Mr. Nielsen would have gone to sleep. At last they crept quietly up to the kitchen door and prepared to open it with their burglar tools. Meanwhile, one of them, his name, as a matter of fact, was Bloom, just happened to feel the doorknob. The door was not locked. Well, some people are smart,' he whispered to his companion. "'The door is open.' "'So much better for us,' answered his companion." A black-haired man called Thunder Carlson by those who knew him, Thunder Carlson turned on his pocket flashlight and they crept into the kitchen. There was no one there to the next room was Pippy's bed, and there also stood Mr. Nielsen's little doll bed. Thunder Carlson opened the door and looked around carefully. Everything was quiet as he played as he played his flashlight around the room. When the light touched Pippy's bed, the two tramps were amazed to see nothing but a pair of feet on the pillow. "'Pippi, as usual, had her head under the covers "'at the foot of the bed. "'That must be the girl,' whispered Thunder Carlson to to Bloom, "'and no doubt she sleeps soundly. "'But where in the world is Nielsen? "'Do you suppose Mr. Nielsen, if you please?' "'came Pippi's calm voice from under the covers. "'Mr. Nielsen is in the little green doll bed.' The tramps were so startled that they almost rushed out at once. But then it suddenly dawned on them that Pippi, what Pippi had said, that Mr. Nielsen was lying in a doll's bed. And now, the light of the flashlight, they could see the little bed and the tiny monkey lying in it. Thunder Carlson couldn't help laugh. Bloom, he said, Mr. Nielsen is a monkey. Can he beat that? Well, what did you think he was? came Pippi's calm voice from under the covers again. A lawnmower? "'Aren't your mother and father home?' asked Bloom. "'No,' said Pippi. "'They're gone, completely gone.' "'Thunder Carlson and Bloom chuckled with delight. "'Listen, little girl,' said Thunder Carlson. "'Come out, and we want to talk to you. "'Come out so we can talk to you.' "'No, I'm sleeping,' said Pippi. "'Is it more riddles you want? If, "'If so, answer this one. "'What is it that goes and goes and never gets to the door?' "'Now Bloom went over and pulled the covers off Pippi. "'Can you dance?' asked Pippi.' Looking at him gravely, I can. You ask too many questions, said Thunder Carlson. Can we ask you a few, too? Where, for instance, is the money you had on the floor a while ago? In a suitcase on top of the wardrobe, answered uh, answered Pippi truthfully. Thunder Carlson and Bloom grinned. I hope you don't have anything against our taking it, little friend, said Thunder Carlson. Certainly not, said Pippi. Of course I don't. Whereupon... Whereupon bloom lifted down the suitcase i hope you don't have anything against my taking it back little friend said pippi getting out of bed and stepping over to bloom bloom had no idea how it all happened but suddenly the suitcase was in pippi's hand here quit your fooling said thunder carlson angrily hand over the suitcase he took pippi firmly by the hand and tried to snatch back the booty "'Fooling, fooling, fooling, too much fooling,' said Pippi, and lifted Thunder, Car- Thunder Carlson up on the wardrobe. A moment later, he had Bloom up there, too. Then the tramps were frightened. They began to see that Pippi was no ordinary girl. However, the suitcase tempted them so much they forgot their fright. "'Come on now, both together,' yelled Thunder Carlson, and they jumped down from the wardrobe and threw themselves on Pippi, who had the suitcase in her hand. Pippi gave each one of them a little poke with her finger, and they shrank away, into a corner. Before they had a chance to get up again, Pippi had fetched a rope and, quick as a flash, had bound the arms and the legs of both burglars. Now they sang a different tune. Please, please, miss, begged Thunder Carlson. Forgive us. We were only joking. Don't hurt us. We're just two tramps who came to ask for food. Bloom began to cry a bit. Pippi put the suitcase neatly back on the wardrobe. Then she turned to her prisoners. Can either of you dance? Why, yes, Said Thunder Carlson, "I I guess we both can." Oh, fun! Cried Pippi, clapping her hands. Can we dance a little? I've just learned, you know. Well, certainly, by all means," said Thunder Carlson, a bit confused. Pippi took some large scissors and cut rope and cut the rope around her guests. But we don't have any music," she said in a worried voice. Then she had an idea. "Can you blow a comb?" she said to Bloom. "And I'll dance with him," she pointed to Thunder Carlson. Oh, yes, Bloom could blow on a comb, all right, and blow he did, so that you could hear it all through the house. Mr. Nielsen sat up in bed, wide awake, just in time to see Pippy whirling around with Thunder Carlson. She was dead serious and danced as if her life depended on it. At last, Bloom said he couldn't blow on the comb any longer because it tickled his mouth unmercifully. And Thunder Carlson, who had tramped the roads all day, began to feel tired. Oh, please, just a little longer, begged Pippi, dancing on, and Bloom and Thunder Carlson could do nothing but continue. At three in the morning, Pippi said, I could keep on dancing until Tuesday, but maybe you're getting tired and hungry. That was exactly what they were, though they hardly dared to say so. Pippi went to the pantry and took out bread and cheese and butter, ham and cold roast and milk, and they sat around the kitchen table, Bloom and Thunder Carlson and Pippi, and ate until they were almost four-cornered. Pippi poured a little milk into her ear. That's good for earaches, she said. Poor thing. Have you got an earache, asked Bloom? No, said Pippi, but I might get one. Finally, the two tramps got up, thanked Pippi for the food, and begged to be allowed to say goodbye. "'It was awfully jolly that you came. Do you really have to go so soon?' Pippi said. "'Never have I seen anyone who can dance the way that you do, my sugar pig,' she said to Thunder Carlson, and to Bloom. "'If you keep on practicing the comb, you won't notice the tickling.'" As they were going out of the door, Pippi came running after them and gave each of them a gold piece. "'These you have honestly earned,' she said." chapter nine pippi goes to a coffee party Tommy's and Annika's mother had invited a few ladies to a coffee party, and as she had done plenty of baking, she thought Tommy and Annika might invite Pippi over at the same time. The children would entertain each other and give no trouble to anyone. Tommy and Annika were overjoyed when their mother told them, and they immediately dashed over to Pippi's to invite her. Pippi was in the garden watering a few flowers still in bloom with an old rusty watering can. As it was raining cats and dogs that day, Tommy told Pippi her watering seemed hardly necessary. Yes, that's what you say, said Pippi, grudgingly, but I've lain awake all night thinking what fun it was going to be to get up and water, and I'm not going to let a little rain stand in my way. Now Annika came forth with the delightful news about the coffee party. A coffee party? Me? Me? cried Pippi, and she was so excited that she began to order Tommy instead of the rosebush she intended to sprinkle. Oh, what will happen? Oh, I'm so nervous. What if I can't behave myself? Of course you can, said Annika. Don't you... "'Don't you be too certain about that,' said Pippi. "'You can be sure I'll try, and I have noticed several times "'that people don't think I know how to behave "'when I'm trying as hard as I can. "'At sea, we were never so fussy about things like that, "'but I promise that I'll take special pains today "'so that you won't have to be ashamed of me.' "'Good,' said Tommy, and Annika, "'and he and Annika hurried home again in the rain. "'This afternoon at three o'clock, don't forget,' "'cried Annika, peeking out from under her umbrella.' "'At three o'clock, a very stylish young lady "'walked up the steps of the Settergreens' house. "'It was Pippi Longstocking. "'For this special occasion, "'she had unbraided pigtails, "'and her red hair hung like a lion's mane around her. "'With red crayon, she had painted her mouth fiery red, "'and she had blackened her eyebrows "'so that they almost looked dangerous. "'With the crayon, she had also painted her fingernails, "'and she had put on big green rosettes on her shoes.' I should imagine I'll be the most stylish person of all at this party, she said, contently to herself as she rang the doorbell. In the Settergrin's living room sat three fine ladies, and with them, Tommy and Annika and their mother. A wonderful coffee table had been spread out in the fireplace, and in the fireplace a fire was burning brightly. The ladies were talking quietly with one another, and Tommy and Annika were sitting on the sofa, looking at an album. Everything was so peaceful. Suddenly, the piece was shattered. Attention! A piercing cry from the hall, and the next minute, Pippi Longstocking stood in the doorway. She had cried out so loudly and so unexpectedly that the ladies jumped to their seats. Forward, march! came the next command. And Pippi, with measured steps, walked up to Miss Set- Settergreen. Halt! She stopped. Arms forward. One, two. She cried, and with both hands gripped one of (laughs) Miss Settergreen's and shook it heartfully. Don't know if you just heard that, but uh, there's a couple of uh, geese out here that are also enjoying Pippi Longstocking's as well. Knees bend, she shrieked and curtsied prettily. Then she smiled at Miss Settergreen and said in her ordinary voice, You see, I am really very shy so if i don't give myself some commands i just can't stand at all and i dare not come in then she rushed up to another of the ladies and kissed them on the cheek charming charming upon my honor she said for she had once heard a stylish gentleman say that to a lady then she sat down in the best chair she could find tommy and annika's mother had intended the children to have their party up in their room But Pippi stayed calmly in her chair, slapped herself on the knees, and said, looking at the coffee table, "'That certainly looks good. When do we begin?' At that moment, Ella, the maid, came in with the coffee pot. And Tommy and Annika's mom said, "'Please come and have some coffee.'" First, cried Pippi, and was up by the table in two skips. She heaped as many cakes as she could onto a plate. Threw five lumps of sugar in a coffee pot, emptied half the cream pitcher into her cup, and was back in her chair with her lute before the, any of the other ladies had reached the table. Pippi stretched her leg out in front of her and placed the plate of cakes between her toes. Then she merrily drunk. Dumped cakes in her coffee cup and stuffed as many as she could in her mouth at once so that she couldn't utter a word no matter how hard she tried in the twinkling of an eye she had finished all the cakes on the plate she got up stuck the plate as got up struck the plate as if it were a trampoline and went up to the table to see if there were any cakes left the ladies looked disapprovingly at her but they didn't but that didn't bother her chatting gaily she walked around the table snatching a cake here and there it certainly was nice of you to invite me, she said. I've never been to a coffee party before. On the table stood a large cream pie, decorated in the center with a piece of red candy. Pippi stood with her hands behind her back and looked at it. Suddenly she bent down and snatched the candy with her teeth. But she had dived down a little too harshly. And when she came up again, her whole face was covered with whipped cream. Goody, laughed Pippi. Now we can play blind man's bluff, for we've certainly got a blind man all made to order. I can't see a thing. She stuck out her tongue and licked away the cream. This was intended. This was intended a dreadful accident, she said. And the pie is all ruined now anyway, so I may as well eat it all at once. She dug into it with a, with a pie server, and in a few minutes, the whole pie had disappeared. Pippi patted her stomach contently. Tommy and Annika's mom had gone out into the kitchen so that she knew nothing about the accident to the cream pie, but the other ladies looked very sternly at Pippi. No doubt they would have liked a little pie. Pippi noticed that they looked disappointed and decided to cheer them up. Now you mustn't feel bad about such a little accident, she said comfortingly. The main thing is that we have our health, and at a coffee party you should have fun. She then picked up a sugar bowl and tipped all the lumps of sugar onto the floor. Well, my goodness, she cried. Now look what I've done. How can I make such a mistake? I thought this was granulated sugar. Bad luck seems to be following me today. Thereupon, she took a sugar spoon out of the other bowl and began to sprinkle granulated sugar all over the floor. I hope you notice," she said, that this is the kind of sugar you sprinkle on things. So it's perfectly alright for me to do this, because why would there be any kind of sugar to sprinkle on things if nobody doesn't sprinkle it on things? That's what I don't know. "'Have you ever noticed what fun it is to walk on the floor "'that has sugar sprinkled all over it?' she asked the ladies. "'Of course, it's even more fun when you're barefoot.' "'She added as she pulled off her shoes and stockings. "'You ought to try it because nothing's more fun, believe me.' "'At that moment, Tommy and Annika's mom came in, "'and when she saw the sugar all over the floor, "'she took Pippi firmly by the arm "'and led her over to the sofa to Tommy and Annika. "'Then she went over to the ladies "'and invited them to have more coffee. "'That, the cream pie,' had only disappeared made her happy because she thought the ladies had liked it so much that they'd eaten it all pippi tommy and annika sat quietly on the sofa the fire crack fire crackled on the hearth the ladies drank their coffee and all was quiet and peaceful again and as so often happens at coffee parties the ladies began to talk about their servant problems apparently they had not been able to get very good servants and there were not only and they were not, all, not at all satisfied with them. And they all agreed that it was really better not to have any servants at all. It was much more satisfactory to do things yourself because then you at least knew that they were done right. Pippi sat on the sofa listening. And after the ladies had been talking a while, she said, Once my grandmother had a servant named Malin. She had child lanes on her feet. And, uh, but otherwise, there was nothing wrong with her. The only annoying thing was that as soon as company came, she would rush at them and bite their legs and bark. Oh, how she would bark. You could hear it all throughout the neighborhood, but it was only because she was being playful. Only, of course, strangers didn't always understand that Dean's wife, an elderly woman, came to see Grandmother one, once an afternoon and Malin first came once soon after Malin first came. And when Malin came dashing at her and bit her in the ankle, the dean's wife screamed so loudly that it scared Malin so that her teeth clamped together and she couldn't get them apart. There she sat, stuck to the dean's wife's ankle until Friday, and my grandmother had to pee, and grandmother had to peel the potatoes herself. But at least it was well done. She peeled so well that when she was done, there were no potatoes left, only peelings. "'But after Friday, the dean's wife never came to call on Grandma again. "'She just never could take a joke, "'and poor Malin, who was always so good-natured and happy. "'Though for that matter, she was a little touchy at times. "'There's no denying that. "'Once my grandmother poked a fork in her ear, she howled all day.' "'Pippy looked around and smiled pleasantly. "'Yes, th- that was Malin for you,' she said and twiddled her thumbs. "'The ladies acted as if they had heard nothing. "'They continued talking. "'If my Rosa were only clean,' said Miss Burgeon, then maybe I could keep her, but she's a regular pig. Say, you ought to have seen Malin, Pippi interrupted. Malin was an outrageously dirty uh, little, but was outrageous. Huh. Maylin was so outrageously dirty that it was a joy to see her, Grandma said. For the longest time, Grandma felt she had a very dark complexion. Honest and true, it was nothing but dirt that would wash off. And once at a bazaar at the hotel, at the city hotel, she got first prize for the dirt on her nails. Mercy me how dirty that girl was, said Pippi happily. Miss Surgeon, Setergen, looked at her sternly. Can you imagine, said Miss Granberg. That... The other evening when Britta was going out, she borrowed my blue satin dress without even asking. Isn't that dreadful? Yes, indeed, said Pippi. She certainly seems to be cut from the same piece of cloth as Malin from what you say. Grandmother had a pink undershirt that she was especially fond of, but the worst of it was that Malin liked it too. And every morning, Grandma and Malin argued about who was going to wear that undershirt. At least they decided it would be fair to take turns and each other wear it every other day. But imagine how tricky Malin could be. Sometimes she'd run in with it, and it wasn't her turn at all. No mashed turnip today if I can't wear the peaked shirt. Well, that was Grandma. Well, what did Grandma do? Mashed turnip was her favorite dish. There was nothing for it but to give Maylin the shirt. As soon as Maylin got the shirt, she went out into the kitchen and as nice as she could be and began to mash turnip so that it it splattered all over the wall. There was silence for a while, and then Mr., Miss alexanderson said i'm not absolutely certain but i strongly suspect that my hula steals in fact i've noticed that things disappear malin began malin began Pippi, but tommy and annika's mom interrupted her children go up to the nursery immediately Yes, but I was only going to tell you that Malin stole," said Pippi, like a raven. Everything she could lay her hands on. She used to get up in the middle of the night and still, Otherwise, she couldn't sleep well. She said once she stole grandmother's piano and tucked it in her own dresser drawer. She was very clever with her hands, grandmother said. Tommy and Annika took a hold of Pippi and pulled her out of the room and up the stairs. The ladies began on their third cup of coffee, and Miss Settergen said, it's not that I want to complain about my Ella, but she does break the china. A redhead appeared over the stair rail. Speaking of Malin, said Pippi, maybe you are wondering if she used to break china. Well, she did. She set part one day a week just to break china. It was Tuesday, grandmother said, as early as five o'clock on a Tuesday morning. you could hear the jewel of the maid in the kitchen breaking china she began with the coffee cups and the glasses and little things like that and then she went on to the soup bowls and the dinner plates and she finished with the platters and the soup uh, plates there was such a crash bang in the kitchen all morning that it was a joy to hear, Grandma said. And if Maylin had any spare time late in the afternoon, she would go into the drawing room with a little hammer and knock down the antique East Indian plates that were hanging on the wall. Grandmother bought new china every Wednesday, and said Pippi, and disappeared up the stairs quickly as if she were a jack-in-the-box. But now, Miss Settergreen's patience had to... had come to an end. She ran up the stairs into the nursery and up to Pippi, who had just begun to teach Tommy to stand on his head. "'You must never come here again,' she said. "'If you can't be- behave any better than this.' Pippi looked at her in astonishment, and her eyes quickly filled with tears. "'That's just what I was afraid of,' she said. "'That I couldn't behave properly. It's no use to try. I'll never learn. I should have stayed in the ocean.' she curtsied at tommy and annika's mom and said goodbye to them all and went slowly down the stairs the ladies were now getting ready to go home too pippi sat in the hall near the shelf where the rubbers were kept and watched the ladies putting on their hats and coats too bad you don't like your maid, she said. You should have one like Maylin. Grandmother always said there was nobody like her. Imagine one Christmas when Maylin was going to serve a little roast pig. Do you know what she did? She had read in a cookbook that roast pig is much better served when when frilled paper, with frilled paper in the ears and an apple in the mouth. But poor Malin didn't understand that it was a pig who was supposed to have the apple. You should have seen her when she came into Christmas Eve with her best apron on and a big apple in her mouth. Oh, Malin, you're crazy, Grandmother said to her. And Malin couldn't say a word in her own defense because she had the apple in her mouth. To be sure, she tried to say something, but it just sounded like blah, 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 blah. But of course, she couldn't bite bite people in the leg as she usually did. And it would be a day when there was a lot of company. Poor little Malin. It wasn't a very happy Christmas Eve for her, said Pippi sadly. The ladies were now dressed and sat and said at last goodbye to Tommy and Annika's mom. And Pippi ran up to her and whispered, Forgive me, because I couldn't behave myself today. Goodbye. Then she put on her large hat and followed the ladies outside the gate, Outside the gate, their ways parted. Pippi went towards Villa Vicula and the ladies in the other direction. When they had gone a little ways, they heard someone panting behind them. It was Pippi who had come racing back. You can imagine that Grandmother mourned when she lost Malin. Just think, one Tuesday morning, when Malin had had the time to break about a dozen teacups, she ran away and went to sea. And Grandmother had to break the china herself. She wasn't used to doing it, poor thing, and she got blisters all over her hands. She never saw Malin again, and that was a shame because she was such an excellent maid, grandmother said. Pippi left and the ladies hurried on, but when they had gone a couple hundred feet, they heard Pippi far off yelling at the top of her lungs. She never slept under the beds. Thank you so much for joining me in my library for the readings of chapters... 7, 8, and 9. Monday, February 28th, we're going to be reading chapters 10 and 11, which are the last two chapters of this book. We will go back to regular scheduled episodes where stories are read every Tuesday, and then the first Thursday of every month, the famous Firefly will release a history sowed. If you have story suggestions send me an email you can follow us on instagram to see what the recording studio in auntie jojo's library looks like it's at auntie jojo's library i'd love to hear story suggestions you can also leave me a little voicemail uh, clicking the message button on whatever app you're using to listen to these stories as always i'm looking forward to sharing more stories with you